0: What's up, USG fam? Welcome back to the Uncommon Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Noble Weiss, and I'm very excited to welcome college basketball analyst and sportscaster with ESPN and the SEC Network, Jimmy Dykes, onto to the podcast today. Coach Dykes began his college basketball journey as a three-year letterman under Coach Eddie Sutton at the University of Arkansas, as well as joining Coach Sutton's staff as a graduate assistant coach after his playing days were over. From there, Coach Dykes served as an assistant coach at multiple D1 universities across the country, including Sacramento State, Appalachian State, the University of Kentucky, Arkansas Little Rock, and Oklahoma State, as well as serving as the head coach of the University of Arkansas women's basketball team. Coach Dykes also spent three years as an NBA scout with the Seattle Supersonics before joining ESPN in the mid-90s. Coach Dykes, thanks for taking the time to be with me today.
1: Hey, Noah, thanks for having me on. I look forward to visiting with you here for a few minutes.
0: Absolutely, Coach. And I love the supersonics there in the intro. Good blast from the past, looking back yeah. at those those awesome days of the NBA. And, you know, Coach Daggs, obviously the sport of basketball, as I mentioned in the intro, has played a huge role in your life. Why did you decide to pursue a career in basketball? And why do you have such a passion for the game?
1: Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, I, I played every sport growing up, and my dad was our coach of all my teams up until i got into the junior high level when junior high athletics took over but uh i think about midway through my sophomore year in high school uh is when i decided to drop football and concentrate on basketball i still ran track in high school as well and actually had offers run track in, in college but basketball was my love it's a sport that i just kind of uh I don't know, was attracted to and challenged by. and mm. We lived in Fayetteville, Arkansas at the time, and that's when Eddie Sutton was really getting the Razorbacks rolling and heading, coming off of a Final Four appearance mm. when I was coming out of high school. So uh, I knew I wanted to coach, and I knew I, if, I, if I could be under someone like Eddie Sutton during my college days, that I would probably accelerate my path as a college basketball coach. So mm. uh, ultimately, that's the, that's the path that God had for me, and he now has given me a pretty good sized platform at ESPN to be on shows Mm -hmm. like this and and, uh, tell people that about the good news. So, Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, basketball has been a huge part of my life. I I, I owe the game a lot. I wouldn't Mm -hmm. be where I am right now without um, having uh, the experiences I've had as a player, as an assistant coach, as a head Mm -hmm. coach. And for 25 years now, I'm starting my 25th year with ESPN. So basketball is a big part of my life.
0: Absolutely, Coach. I really appreciate you sharing that too, even from a perspective of just your passion for the game. I think our listeners can relate. Uh, Being young professionals working in this industry of sports themselves, what drives so many people to pursue that career is often the passion for the game. So I love that. And, And I think it's an important element of using it as a platform for Christ is having a passion for the people that are in the industry as well. So thanks for sharing on that, Coach. And you know, beyond your accomplishments as a coach and a broadcaster, as we mentioned, your faith in Christ is something that you are known for. How have you been able to incorporate your faith into your work as a coach and a broadcaster, and what challenges have come with being a Christian working in the sport industry? Well,
1: I don't, I don't think it really matters what industry that you're in. Um, if you're a believer and a follower of Jesus, and you've given him your heart, and you're trying to have an authentic walk with Him, then that's just who you are. That's who mm-hmm. we are called to be. And it doesn't matter where we are called, but where we are is where we're supposed to to shine and where we're supposed to point people towards Him. So, you know, there's lots of opportunities every day for all of us, whether you're a college basketball analyst for ESPN like I am or mm-hmm. you're a high school science teacher. yeah, Like we all have opportunities daily to make a difference, to honor him with how we're speaking to other people, how we're loving other people, how selfless we can become. Uh, Are we putting others above our own needs? All the Mm -hmm. things that Jesus has taught us in his written word. Mm -hmm. Just, uh, I don't think it matters what your platform is, or maybe you don't even have a platform in your mind, but as a believer and a follower and, and folks that have given their life to the Lord, uh, that's our, that's our command mm. to love others like he loved us. So Amen. I just happen to have a job that a lot of eyes are on me and, and gives me opportunity to get in front of a lot of people. Mm. Uh, but if I was to just be a, uh, a work on the golf course as a grounds maintenance guy, which I would mm. love to do sometimes actually, yeah. <laughs> uh, it would not change. It would not change how I should go about my day nor, mm. nor should it for anyone listening right now.
0: Yeah. I love that, Coach. I think that's a, such a wise answer for our listeners to really learn from because the stage of life they're in, being young professionals, being interns, graduate assistants, not really having quite the same platform that, that you have and many others have. Um, but we all have a platform to some extent where God has given us a sphere of influence uh, to really be vocal about our faith, both through our actions and our words. So, so well said. And there's always the challenges, right? There's no industry that... Uh, makes being a Christian easy, even working in ministry oftentimes can have uh, challenges associated with that. So thanks for sharing, Coach. And you also host a podcast yourself, Coach Diggs, titled Coach Me Up, in which you have powerful conversations with prominent names across the sports world. It's a great podcast for our listeners if you're looking for other pods, uh, definitely worth checking out. And Coach, you had a conversation with North Carolina basketball legend Tyler Hansborough, and on that pod, you shared that you had a conversation with Tyler's coach, Roy Williams, about what made Tyler Hansborough so successful and Coach Williams said that Tyler never got bored with the basics. How can that mentality of never being bored with the basics apply to our walk with Jesus? And what are those common or basic habits that we should excel at as believers?
1: Yeah, I think the you know the if we're not careful we can get bored with just some of the basic foundations of our walk and those are obviously written out very well for us in scripture in terms of where we put jesus in our heart every day to the amount of quality quiet time we have with the lord daily to how we love others how we treat others how we lead our mm-hmm. home if we're a dad what kind of what kind of husband are we what kind of example of a husband are we to our kids mm-hmm. uh where are we with our money where are we with our tithing just keep on going down the list yeah of, all the things that we know we should be striving to do or to be. Hmm. Our faith is not based upon our works, but uh, our, our faith should be backed up by our works. Hmm. And I, I just, I'm a, I've learned over the years that, for me, some of the basics in my walk with Jesus is my daily quiet time hmm. and submitting to Him on a, on a daily basis, sometimes an hourly basis, Hmm. Giving him my thoughts, my attitudes, my words, uh, my actions, my tongue—all those things—and um, sometimes it seems like it's it can I, I'm, I'm not not boring, but maybe uneventful to yeah. carve out ten or fifteen minutes every morning before you get started with your day, just to get quiet before him, let him speak mm-hmm. to us, study his word. Yeah. But there's nothing more basic than that. Yeah. And I have seen people. Uh, get away from that in their life, I think it's a huge mistake mm. because that's what the enemy wants. He wants us to be uh, distracted. He wants us to be too busy. He wants us to feel like I'm okay. He wants us to feel like that I'm my, my, my life's on the right path. I, I, I'm, I'm past the point now where I need to spend time daily, mm. and that's a lie. That's a bold-faced lie straight from the enemy. Mm. So I would just challenge your listeners to not get bored with the basics of our, of our faith what Jesus, how He's taught us to, to live, how to love others, and how to spend time with uh, our heavenly Father
0: daily. Hmm. So powerful, Coach Daggs. and and as you were sharing, I was thinking of a good a good sports comparison here. And I think, you know, so often we can have an off season mindset uh, with our faith of of not really taking those principles seriously. Of yes, be in God's Word daily, be in prayer daily, love others as we've been called to love others and to serve. It's so easy to fall off that track, especially for those that are listening that maybe have been, been walking with Jesus for years and have known that these are the basic principles of, of how we can be successful uh, per se in this walk with Jesus. Um, but they're easy to, to miss and, and easy to forget of how important those are. So thanks for sharing on that, Coach. And kind of following up, your role and your position as a broadcaster is certainly one that comes with a lot of hours, a lot of travel. Uh, Busy seasons of life, especially from October through March. Uh, How have you avoided getting bored with the basics in your walk with Christ despite that busy schedule that I just mentioned?
1: Yeah, I touched on it in the last answer that it's a a daily commitment to start Mm. my day uh, in in study of God's Word. I have a devotional that I'm reading through. Mm. I change that up every few months uh when when i'm on the road i make sure i call and pray uh with my family on the phone
0: Mm.
1: Um, before they start their day we pray together as a family when i'm home before we all leave the house Mm. Uh, that's just basic stuff that that no one's too busy Mm. to spend time in prayer no one's too busy to spend time in god's written word it's just a matter of whether or not uh, we're intentional about it we make the right and we and we make the decision to do it we make choices And we all have the same amount of time. We all have the same amount of opportunities in a day to make choices, what we feel are important. Mm. And if you're sincere about your, your, your walk and you want a deeper, more authentic walk, I just think it, I think it comes down to, uh, putting it the right priority and, and making the, making the time for it daily. Mm. And am I, am I perfect at it? No. Am I really Mm. good at it? Probably yes. Hmm. I've gotten to the point in my life where I realize how important it is, and the version of me when I'm in the Word is way different than the version of me hmm. when I'm not in the Word and I'm just going about life on my own.
0: That's awesome, Coach. I want to highlight what you said initially that nobody's too busy, and I think that's just a really easy grab excuse, uh, especially working in this industry that typically has longer weeks than the, than the nine to five and you are working 60, 70 hours. It's easy just to say, Oh, I'm too busy to find that time to pray or to be in the word. And, and even what you said in the last answer that, you know, 10, 15 minutes, right. It doesn't have to be a two hour exegete of scripture every time you read, read God's word. And, and that's okay sometimes if you have the capacity for that, but even a 10, 15 minute devotional is an awesome way to keep yourself grounded in God's word. So I, I love that perspective coaching. Um, even just not pretending that it's not going to fit in your schedule. And really it could. It's more just a heart condition of do I want to or do I not? Um, so I, I appreciate that, Coach. And you mentioned this as well. Part of the basics of the Christian walk is living a life of love and service to Christ. And part of that is is living a life of forgiveness and grace towards others. And I loved when you shared this at 80s for Christ a, a few weeks back of um, when you were let go as the coach at Arkansas, the women's program there. How did you apply that basic principle of forgiveness to your life after facing that challenging termination?
1: Well, I, th- I think all of us at some point in life have uh disappointments or our path is a little different than how we envisioned it mm. or in, in any type of scenario like that. I think you have to be very guarded and careful mm. that if it if it doesn't go the way you thought it was going to go that you don't allow Uh, bitterness resentment anger unforgiveness to grow in your heart and that's something i think all of us challenge are challenged with at some point in life Hmm. and i've just i've just learned and uh, god's very clear uh throughout the bible from the old testament to the new testament time and time again that that topic of forgiveness Hmm. uh, is obviously our entire faith is based upon that word amen Uh, and if we don't have an understanding of that word and what he's done for us then we're going to really trip up on forgiving others so mm. uh, i think that's a, i think that's a challenge for everyone uh, at least a couple of times a month to check your heart and make sure that you don't that you are not allowing or holding on to things that you know you should be letting go of mm. and some of the things that are most difficult to let go of are resentment B- bitterness, anger, unforgiveness—those things are hard to grasp. Uh, to let go of your grasp, Amen. but we are called to—we are called to do it. God is very specific about not holding on to those things. So it's kind of like having a daily quiet time. Are you intentional? Are you obedient, or are you not? It's mm-hmm. me. That word forgiveness boils down to uh, ob- just obedience and intentionality about how you go about it.
0: Mm. Amen, Coach Dykes. And as you were sharing, I was thinking about how easily we as people can get this wrong when, when Peter approaches Jesus. I forget what chapter of the Gospels, and I think it's it might be in every Gospel when, when the story is shared, but Peter asked Jesus how many times he should he should forgive a brother who sins against him and, and ask if it's seven. And Jesus says, no, it's it's 77 times, uh, basically saying an unlimited yep. amount of times. Uh, I just love that story because we as people like to have limits, uh, only so many times before I cut you out of my life or before uh, I, I can't be around you anymore or I can't talk to you anymore. And I think especially in sports, uh, it could be challenging if you face a termination or you face a coworker who is uh, maybe not respectful or not loving towards you or maybe doesn't respect your faith. It can be easy to, to only wanna have a limited amount of grace, but um, that that story from Jesus is a good reminder Of the unlimited, unlimited, excuse me, grace that we need to have in our lives. So, thanks for sharing that, Coach. It really is a a basic um, element of the Christian faith that can be easily uh, forgotten and neglected in our journeys. And Coach Dykes, you shared a story uh, on the podcast, "Coach Me Up," about a former SEC commissioner, Mike Slive, and his wife. During your message uh, at 80s for Christ as well, you mentioned this. Uh, tell us that story. I, I think it's so applicable to this not getting bored of the basics, as it relates to to really being consistent as well.
1: Well, I read, uh, I guess, I don't know, seven or eight years ago that, you know, Mike Slide was the commissioner of the Southeastern Conference for I believe twelve or thirteen years, and there's not a busier position than being the commissioner of a major conference like he was, and he did a phenomenal job of elevating the SEC during his time as the leader of that of that conference and in, in in so many ways not just mm-hmm. in terms of the revenue they brought in but the TV the SEC network package and the, the other networks that he was able to strike new deals with just the growth of different sports in the SEC under his leadership but mm-hmm. and- uh, he woke up early every day I believe before five o'clock and then before he would leave for the office he would write his wife a handwritten note uh every morning and and stick it somewhere in the kitchen where she would see it just reminding her how much he enjoyed the night before kind of going through the schedule of his day and finishing it with he looks forward to getting home spending time with her and Mm -hmm. that he loves her and that's you know that that's another great example of someone who didn't get bored with the basics of Mm -hmm. taking the time no matter how busy he was every morning to make sure that he got that done so Uh, There's a lot of different lessons in in that one simple story. Yeah. It kind of all ties back to that's something that everybody can do and very few choose to do because it takes discipline. It takes uh, conviction. It takes love. It takes a lot of things to day after day after day to stay in the battle or continue to do small things really, really well. Mm. And that's a small thing. Mm. He did it really, really well. So... I love those kind of stories. I love to learn from them. And certainly Mike Slive is a great example to all of us in terms of uh, how he made his wife feel, how he communicated with her, hmm. making sure that she knew how important he was, that even as uh, even as powerful and as impactful as his position was as the leader of the SEC and really yeah. the leader of college athletics at the time, yeah. uh, he was the most important part of his life.
0: Absolutely. Coach, I love that, and, you know, even for those that are listening that don't have relationships or are not married, I think there's a lot of applicable elements to the importance of just sticking to the core elements of your relationship with Christ just as much as you would with your, a relationship with your wife um, or, or future wife, and, and really sticking uh, to those simple elements of our faith. I, I think even, um, you know, you talked about how you know, Mike would do that to to really make his wife feel valuable in his life and and loved and I think when we are in a relationship with Christ, we need to remind ourselves of one in our value in His eyes and that He delights in us as His followers. But also, we need to re- remind ourselves that we need to delight in Him and have joy in Him above all things, and that can only be done if we're taking that time every day to to step in prayer, uh, step into a quiet time, and reading the Word. So it's very applicable, I think, across the board, not just for uh, married married couples, but also I think beyond that um, with our walk with Christ. So definitely uh, if the SEC commissioner can have time um, to do that every day, we most definitely can find time yes. um, for our quiet times and prayer. So thanks for sharing on that. And Coach Dykes, you shared on your podcast, Coach Me Up again, with, with Tyler that conviction is worthless unless it is converted into conduct. Love that quote and really applicable for sports. But how does this statement apply to our lives as followers of Christ.
1: Well, we can we can confess with our tongue that Jesus Lord is Lord of our life, is, is Lord of our life. But mm. if pe- if if we were to study our own game film for twenty four or forty eight hours and just watch this, would it would we really back it up? Mm. Would our actions back it up. Um, and again, our. our our salvation is not based upon our, our works. None of us would ever accomplish Mm-mm. salvation if that was the case. It's just through faith in Jesus Christ as our Savior. But if we say we're a follower of His, we should look different
0: mm.
1: than other people in 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 the world through the world's eyes. Amen. Uh, and if we don't, then that's sh- that that should be a concern. Mm. We our, our our lifestyle, how we treat people uh things we say no to, barriers and boundaries we have around us, mm. priorities in our life, how we handle our finances. We should stand out and look different than non-believers. And if we don't, then our convictions, uh uh I, I'm I'm not I'm not sure how strong our convictions are. Mm. Uh and I I I just think that um again it's worth revisiting every now and then uh to make sure that you're living a life that's honoring God, none of us are perfect. We're going to sin every day. But the general trend, the general path, the general momentum of our life should be on the uptick in terms of mm. getting closer to how God has called us to be. It shouldn't be on the downward slope where we're going away from it. Mm. And that's where that uh, convictions and conduct, I think, are tied into one another.
0: hmm I love that coach and it's really evident in the life of Jesus as well. I think that he turned conviction into conduct. You know, I, you think about the conviction Jesus had from his father knowing that the ultimate plan as he predicted many times throughout the New Testament uh, in the Gospels was for him to go to the cross and pay the price for the sins of his people. Uh but there was there was conduct that had to follow, right? You know, it, it wasn't just sure. going to happen. There there had to be steps taken. Of obedience. Uh, even the Garden of Gethsemane when Jesus prayed, you know, Father, if, if this cup can be taken away from me, uh, please do, but, but not my will, your, your will be done. Um, just showing his conviction of obedience and faith in his Father and um, going to the cross um, is, is a part of that conduct. So I think obviously on a much smaller scale of us not being the one that pays the price for sin, there is a lot of conduct that follows our conviction, and the Lord is the, the leader and the guide of that. He sanctifies us. Um, but it is so true. And James chapter two is a great resource for our listeners who may be trying to understand this faith into action component. James chapter two is um, very clear on that and does a great job of, of explaining it. So I wouldn't highly recommend uh, James chapter two on uh, conviction into conduct for sure. And coach on, on a similar note, you know, obviously there's a lot of things that you mentioned that you do um, as a follower of Christ working in this industry to be consistent in the basics but what are some of the biggest barriers in your life to being excellent in the basics of your Christian walk?
1: Well, I'm not sure I'm excellent at any of them, but I think it's just there's no there's no magic answer I can give you right now. Where your listeners goes, "Wow, I've never heard it put like that." <laughs> yeah. It's very just very simple, Noah. Like you, you're either you're either intentional and making it a priority or mm. you're not, it's not that important to you and you yeah. feel like you're fine. And yeah. uh, we're all on different paths, different speeds. I just know that for me, um, it's, it's a daily commitment. A, uh, it's a, It's a daily love offering to the Lord, telling mm. him how important he is to me, how much I love him. And it's just like anyone out there that's married, you can only tell the person you're married to, I love you so many times, but if it's never backed up with mm. anything other than those words, it's going to come into question or that relationship is going to be lessened mm. or, or, weak or or weakened or not mm. nearly as powerful or strong or as good as it should be. Mm. Uh, so I, I fight the same barriers or hurdles that everyone else fights, to mm. answer your question, like laziness, excuses, I'm too busy, I'm fine, I've been on a good run the last two weeks, I can take a couple of mornings off all those hurdles are there in front of me just like everybody else. Mm. Um, but it's just a choice of uh, doing the common uh, stuff in an uncommon way. Mm. And an uncommon way is day after day after day because there's just not a lot of people in any area of life that just hang in there day after day after day after day and the accumulation of that is what makes our life. So mm. I'm I'm banking on it in an accumulation of – day after day after day, for me, spending time with the Lord mm. is what's going to ultimately make me when I look back on my life.
0: Mm. I love that, Coach. And truly, I think it's wise to even say that a lot of the barriers you face are not different from the barriers other people face. And I think a lot of it comes right from the heart, right? there, There's a heart position and desire um, that a lot of us have where we'll make sure to eat every day without, you know, any any question, right? There, there's always a, a time in the day where we choose to eat a meal, or we choose to work out, or we choose to do whatever our passion in life is. But uh, I think we need to have that same attitude in approaching God's Word. It's the living water and the bread of life, um, and approaching it that way, I think, does kind of shift the mindset of like, oh, it's not just an, an optional read that I can do every so often. It is, it is necessary, necessary in the walk. Um, and I think it's important to even mention as well, Coach, that. There's a lot of spiritual warfare in any industry, but I think in the sport industry, especially when you're in the, the trenches of a game um, or in the front office or whatever you're, you're doing that in that time of the season, uh, there's going to be some spiritual warfare. And if you're not carrying the weapon of God's Word with you, uh, it's going to be a challenging a challenging battle to fight. So I just want to point that out as well. It's, it's a war, um, and it's something that we need to be aware of as we do step into prayer and, and reading God's Word.
1: No, it's very well put, and that's how God answered. I mean, that's how Jesus answered all of his, all of his battles. I mean, his greatest temptation was mm-hmm. with the enemy, and he and he came back with a with God's written word. Says so. Amen. Um, that's that should be the that should be the thing that leads us as well. We got to be grounded in the Word. We have to be able to claim mm-hmm. His Word. Got different points of our day, mm-hmm. uh, even when it doesn't feel like or seem like it's working out. What are we saying about the situation? Does it align with what God says? So, mm. uh, yeah, I, I agree 100% with what you've been saying, Noah. Thank you.
0: Absolutely, Coach, and I appreciate you as well. And, and Coach Dex, I'd love to hear from you, and you might have said it already, but what encouragement or advice would you give to our young listeners who are listening to this and like, man, I need to start really excelling at these basics and getting better at making them a priority? What, what's your encouragement or advice to them?
1: yeah i'd i finish up our podcast by telling them that um you know it's the enemy wants you to beat yourself up he wants you to feel like you can never get to that consistency that that you're hearing about on this podcast or other people talk about or you read about hmm. but that's a lie he wants you to be discouraged he wants you to feel like you're not good enough that's that's how he that's how he operates, but that's not at all how God operates. Mm-hmm. God God loves it if we if we just spend a little bit of time with him once a week and hopefully down down the road it's a couple of times a week and then it's daily. so uh, God is a very patient God. He loves us and he's mm-hmm. always searching our heart uh, but for young listeners that are maybe new in their faith um, I would I would say make sure you're fighting off the voice of the enemy. Who's trying to discourage you? Who's mm-hmm. trying to lie to you? Who's trying to tell you that uh, you're you you're not good enough? You never will be good enough. Mm-hmm. And just listen to the God's whisper and how, how He speaks to us. Still is just how He mm-hmm. always has is through His written word yeah. and being yeah. in and being around other believers that can speak encouragement to you. So the enemy loves it when we're alone and he wants us isolated. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll finish up with you by saying that. Uh, make sure that you have others around you that you can be accountable to, share with, be encouraged by, on a consistent basis. Because nothing good happens to believers when they get isolated. It's, mm. it's that's that's not at all where God intended us for to be.
0: Mm. It's a powerful, coach. It really is powerful, and and really that's the heartbeat of what we do here at Un- Uncommon Sports Group is desiring to connect believers in the sport industry together. Um, to build community, build growth, encourage one another. Uh, so I love that point, that not just for our ministry, but for every ministry that seeks to do that. It's a it's a huge value to the kingdom and to the growth of the individual walking with Christ. And Coach, just last question here. Obviously, you've been a, a part of a lot of exciting college basketball games. And for our basketball folks here on the podcast, I'd love for you to share, what is your most memorable uh, college hoops or SEC game that you've been able to call?
1: Oh gosh, I, I, I thought about that, and I've thought about it over the years. I've been asked that a lot. I can't come up with that one game. Like there have been too many mm. spectacular games. I can, and honestly, I can only kind of remember the previous year. So like last year, the battle for Atlanta's a phenomenal game between Kansas and Wisconsin. Uh, that Tennessee winning the battle for Atlantis was a phenomenal game. Mm. Of course, all of the all of the SEC. Tournament uh, final games I've done over the years have always been special because you're crowning uh, a champion. Mm. Um, There's no any any time you do a game for me in Rupp Arena in Lexington, uh, Cameron Indoor at Duke, Mm. Allen Fieldhouse at Kansas. uh, Those are some really special places, and then those those games always feel a little different to me. So Mm. when I'm in one of those historic venues. The game is always, always impactful to me. Always powerful. I always prepare hard. Mm. But it just seems like there's a little different feeling when you're in one of those uh, buildings that we have all seen over the years, uh, and, and to be a part of a broadcast from one of those places is always great. So, mm. uh, yeah, I look forward to I'm um, starting my 25th year with ESPN uh, here in just a couple of months. I look forward to making more memories and mm. meeting more people on the road and continuing to uh have a platform with espn that allows me to uh point people towards uh our lord and savior so no i yeah. i really appreciate you having me on i appreciate you being prepared thank you for your for your questions and i'll uh i'll i'll turn i'll tune in and be a, a listener now to your podcast as well yes, and sir. i would encourage people to to listen to ours a coach me up podcast it's uh, i'm one of the co-hosts chris burke is a espn baseball analyst he's the other co-host and uh I think, you're, I think our, our our audience between my podcast and yours is probably very similar. Mm-hmm. So I'll make sure that your audience knows where they can find us as well. So I really appreciate you having me on.
0: Absolutely, Coach. I really appreciate it. And, yes, if you are uh, enjoying this podcast, most definitely check out Coach Me Up. Uh, Coach Dykes does a great job on that podcast, and we appreciate your time, Coach.
1: Okay, Noah. Have a good day, man.
0: If you want to get involved with Uncommon Sports Group and the mission that we are on to help you navigate the sport industry as followers of Christ, apply for our academy on our website at UncommonSG.org. That's UncommonSG.org. Be sure to catch new episodes of the Uncommon Podcast every other week on Thursdays at midnight Eastern time. Until next time, we pray that you will strive to be uncommon by glorifying the name of God in whatever you may do. See you next time.